Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays.com. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Honey is on the menu for this Monday morning. Great opportunity to catch up with my friends from the Wisconsin Honey Producers. They had their state convention over in Brookfield, crowned a new queen. And I find out, found out about some of the industry challenges that they're facing including their relationship with bears. Stick around. Those are the details I'm bringing to you. Hello, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us on a Monday that's got us with changing weather conditions. We'll see a few clouds today, otherwise mostly sunny. 47 are expected high. Tomorrow, a little warmer under partly sunny skies, 55. Wednesday, we're going to jump back up to 65. And Thursday, 70 degrees before we turn the corner again as far as temperatures. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, is joining us coming up. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, Rural Mutual roots for all of Wisconsin student-athletes. Whether they're a hometown hero or they dream of the national spotlight, sportsmanship keeps Wisconsin strong. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn more about how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Holiday season is upon us, and what better way to show off your creativity than taking those boring round rolls and creating fun, innovative shapes. Rhodes Bacon Serve invites you to participate in their Show Me Your Shape Roll Contest. To enter, submit a photo of a new shape for your dinner rolls, and you could take home a prize pack from Rhodes, including tickets to see Reba McIntyre. Entry deadline is November 18th. Full contest details can be found at MidwestFarmReport.com. Wisconsin, for a lot of reasons, known as Wisconsin's Dairyland, not just because we've got cows produce a lot of milk and more cheese than anybody else, but for other reasons, too. Bob Bosold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. Pam, I think one of the things we can say about Wisconsin's dairy industry, no matter whether it's production or research, we're always on the cutting edge. Yeah, we definitely want to be anyhow, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you what, if you are at all interested in the dairy industry, engaged in the dairy industry, depend on the dairy industry for your job, you might want to take in the third annual Dairy Innovation Hub Summit scheduled for November 16th. This year, they're going to the UW-River Falls campus. Basically, what they do there is retrace some of the grant monies that they've uh, dispersed across the state of Wisconsin. Remember, the Dairy Innovation Hub is funded in large part by state-invested dollars that go to UW-Madison, UW-Platteville, UW-River Falls in an effort to try to infuse 
new brain power in our dairy industry and take a look at where where dairy can go far beyond cheese or any recipes. I talked about it all with Mitch Brunick. He is the chair of the Dairy Innovation Hub Board. He's been watching the board work through logistics of getting money in play, getting all those grants gathered and evaluated, and now they're ready for the third annual summit. He explains a little bit more about why he believes that Wisconsin's dairy farmers have to take time to stay engaged in the process. Dairy Innovation Hub, planning your future in a way. Well, I think it's been uh, really a successful launch of a, a program that, you know, three years ago didn't exist. Um, as, as we look back and the reason, you know, sort of the Dairy Innovation Hub came about is, you know, it, it really was about the faculty at the different universities retiring and not having budgets available to to replace them. And, and we, you know, kind of had a critical look at that and said, you know, we won't notice these people missing today, but 20 years from now, you know, kind of the Wisconsin dairy industry will look different if we don't replace these people. And so we got a lot of people to, to sort of feel the same way we did and, and push forward. And, you know, in three years, we've hired 15 new faculty across three campuses and have, you know, over a hundred research projects going And all this sort of happened while COVID was going on, which makes it just truly remarkable. Absolutely. And we need to remind people, in case you're under the impression that the Dairy Innovation Hub is just about coming up with uh, new dairy products, that is exactly almost the opposite of its impetus. Some of the research projects that are being looked at, Mitch, actually make people turn their heads when you think about where dairy can go. Yeah, you know, we, we really have three prior, four priority areas, you know, land and water stewardship, which is really, really important to, you know, everybody in the state of Wisconsin and across the country because we want to, you know, produce our food, but we don't want to, you know, ruin the environment at the same time. So how can we, you know, synergistically look together? Animal health and welfare, you know, how can we best take care of our cows, uh, you know, so that they have a, a great life? And and the part that I think is probably really interesting is the human health and nutrition. You know, what part of this wonderful dairy products that we produce, you know, actually can be a superfood or help, you know, people improve their health. And, and I think uh, finding those new products are going to be really exciting. Now, again, if you're not familiar, the Dairy Innovation Hub, as Mitch pointed out, came to pass because of a $7.8 million per year commitment from the state of Wisconsin. It involves the UW-Madison, UW-Platteville, UW-River Falls campuses in support of our dairy industry. On November 16th, they're headed to my alma mater, UW-River Falls, for their third annual summit. And Mitch, that's something that is free and open to anybody. I really encourage dairy producers that haven't had a brush with the Dairy Innovation Hub yet to get there. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's going to be kind of that sneak peek of the research and stuff that's going on. And, you know, one of the cool things about, you know, this research happening in Wisconsin is we're, we're sort of the first ones to get to know about it and, and sort of get to digest it sooner than people around the, you know, literally the rest of the world. So it's an opportunity to, to sort of, you know, talk to these researchers, ask the questions that, you know, are burning as to why, you know, why they're doing the research they're doing and what outcomes um, they've already found. And, you know, based on how the 
world has sort of changed. There's also an online opportunity to, to sort of look at it too. So if you're in, you know, Southeast Wisconsin and river falls sounds like it's a long way away. You know, you're more than welcome to, to tune in and, and watch it on zoom and, and get all that information. So we encourage you to, to, to get there if you can, but there's also an opportunity to watch it online. Absolutely. Dairy innovation hub dot w i s c dot e d u will get you there you know you mentioned the researchers that are going to be presenting mitch for some of us that are a little long in the tooth you need to understand these are fresh new faces taking a look at dairy in some cases for the very first time not all these people come from a dairy science background yeah you know one of the things that the dairy science or the dairy innovation hub was able to sort of look at is you know, we've got all these departments on these campuses, you know, biological systems, engineering, food science, nutritional sciences. And can we get those people in those departments actually working on, you know, dairy things as opposed to, you know, other things? And a lot of times it takes the money to, to help generate or stimulate that sort of research angle. And that's what the Dairy Innovation Hub has been able to do. And one of the other things that I think is is a truly awesome part of the Dairy Innovation Hub is the collaboration amongst the uh, campuses. You know, if you'd rolled the clock back to, you know, sort of 2016, you know, the people at Platteville and River Falls and Madison, you know, they sort of knew the people that were out at those schools, but they didn't necessarily, uh, you know, have a working understanding of what they were doing and stuff. And, and now we have a monthly call between the deans of those three campuses, you know, interacting and talking about what's happening on their campuses. And, and, you know, kind of two things are important about that. They're understanding what's going on. It sort of took the silos down, but also, you know, we don't want to have the same sort of research project going on at both campuses. If, if at all possible, you know, we're going to work on this and they're going to work on this and we don't overlap. You know, and the other thing about that collaboration, Mitch, is Dairy Innovation Hub looks at it as a brain trust, uh, research support, and there has been capital investment that those campuses can't uh, look away from, too. Right. You know, it's been an opportunity to sort of, you know, bring some of the sort of physical plant up to speed to to be able to open up and, and do the research. And it's really, to me, it's just fascinating you know, Platteville and River Falls had sort of been, they've always been viewed as teaching schools. So, you know, take the information that was maybe uh, researched at other places and apply it to the students and teach it there. And, and we've opened up the ability for them to actually do research on both of those campuses as well. And that not only benefits the, you know, the faculty in that campus, but think of the opportunity that it opens up for the undergrad students that are able to maybe even participate in some of those labs and be on the ground floor doing research as an undergrad. Just a unique opportunity that wasn't available four to five years ago. Right, and keeping that homegrown talent hopefully right here. Again, Mitch Brunig's along with us. He's kind of the chair of the Dairy Innovation Hub. Remember, their third annual Dairy Summit on the UW-River Falls campus, November 16th. Find details on how you can attend or get connected via the Internet dairyinnovationhub.wisc.edu. And Mitch, I want to go back to what I kind of started with. 
$7.8 million per year from the state of Wisconsin dedicated to the Dairy Innovation Hub. And one of the first conversations you and I had was continuously making sure that dairy farmers are touching base with what's being done through the Dairy Innovation Hub and talking about it with their elected officials because we're grateful for the support, but we know it can go away. Yeah, you know, one of the great things about this Dairy Innovation Hub is is that the way it was set up, you know, it, it wasn't just one campus, it was multiple campuses, you know, so, so multiple citizens in the state of Wisconsin really have the opportunity to benefit. In fact, every citizen, I think, has the opportunity to benefit. And it really becomes, you know, less partisan and and really an opportunity for all the citizens to really look and say, you know, this is our flagship industry in the state of Wisconsin, and we're going to reinvest in it, not only in brick and mortar, but actually the people that are going to do the things. And because, you know, that that's kind of the part that was missing. We had a lot of brick and mortar, but, you know, all of a sudden there just weren't the people inside the brick and mortar to do the work, and we've reinvested in those people. And... Another interesting thing is as we've done these searches, you know, goal number one is we thought we want someone from anywhere around the world who's the number one person in that research field to come to Wisconsin and and be the, you know, keep Wisconsin the leader because the number one person in that field is in the state of Wisconsin working on that project. Right. And uh, we've got them, and we're getting more. Mitch, I appreciate it. Mitch Brunig again joining us, a dairy producer himself, and uh, involved in the ground floor discussions as the Dairy Innovation Hub came together. Now getting ready to celebrate their third annual summit, bringing all this information together in one place. November 16th, UW-River Falls campus. As I said, it is free to anybody that wants to see how this program, this uh, cohesive network is working again dairy innovation hub.wisc.edu from the southern end of the world's longest barn in madison i'm farm director pam yonke this is the midwest farm report with pam yonke are you lonely tired of looking for the one the one with industry leading stock and root strength Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soil mate. AgriGold has the perfect seed for your soil and the service that's perfect for your operation. Plan for next season with our extensive portfolio of unique hybrids and find your soil mate at chooseagrigold.com. Experienced electricians, come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman forever ready electric. Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working forever ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are ever ready. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. My folks like the prices and the people at Denny's Jewelers. 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle, and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. That sounds good. I think I'll have a little chocolate milk with breakfast here in just a couple minutes and talk about sweet. Uh, we had a sweet conversation with Wisconsin honey producers over in Brookfield. Their convention was going on over the weekend. And in fact, uh, one of the, well, the new queen, the Wisconsin honey queen, back from your neck of the woods, Stu, a gal from Cecil, graduated from Pulaski High School. Her name, Kaylin Sumner, and she owns and runs Kay's Bees Raw Honey. She is our new Wisconsin honey queen, so congratulations to her. I was uh, glad that I was with them on Friday. It was a little wet, but the winds didn't really show up till the weekend, huh, Stu? Uh, yeah, Saturday got to be kind of rough. I'm sure we all know about that. Very, very strong winds. Uh, my friend John said 46-mile-an-hour wind gust on the little weather station at his farm. I'm sure we had a lot of them in that range. Very strong, and, of course, it came with rain. We've all had abundant moisture now, and at least it's dried out. The winds that have stuck around have dried things out. We get a couple of days of break here, but even by late Tuesday or into Wednesday, a weak front tries to approach. It stays a little far to our northwest, but may mean another round of a little rain trying to edge in. I'll have forecast details right after this. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led. And from Equity Livestock Cooperative, marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community since 1922. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, on Facebook and Twitter. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has a roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. All righty, Stu, let's get that forecast. All right, not quite so breezy today. I imagine that's pretty good news for everybody. But I do expect a fair amount of sunshine, some high clouds in the west later on. Upper 40s today, and west winds become north at about 5 to 15. Overnight, what I'm anticipating will be more of a partly cloudy sky not too bad. Low 30s down to freezing or so. And the northeast winds about 5 to 10. Another okay day Tuesday. Partly sunny. More clouds in. And we make our way into the lower even mid 50s. Southeast winds a good 5 to 15. The rain chance may show up at La Crosse even late Tuesday. More likely Tuesday night or just into Wednesday. There could be a scattered shower. I don't expect a whole lot of rain. But more clouds in that rain chance. Mid-60s on Wednesday, Pam, and if you like that, Thursday, even though there may be clouds and some rain, upper 60s and low 70s look wow. to be the high. 
But after that, a big cold front drops through, and we cool off quickly for the end of the week. Figured. All right, Stu, thank you. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, with your weather details. Thank you, rainfall reporters. Boy, some big numbers. Kirby out of La Crescent, 1.44. Just over two inches of rain in Cambria from Loretta. Uh, One and a quarter inches of rain and a lot of wind. Uh, also from that south-central Wisconsin area. So a lot of folks, keep uh, keep those rainfall reports coming in, comments on the wind, 877-301-FARM. And we'll report them to you tomorrow morning. Ag Weather This Morning brought to you by Compere Financial. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. kind of got to look at it from a Ziegler point of view and a customer point of view and get them into the piece of equipment that's going to benefit their operation. Well, we've really come to trust Ziegler, their support staff, their service trucks. We've had them working on our shop and a tractor till 2 in the morning to get it ready for the next day. When they come on your farm, they're going to stay until they get the job done. Ziegler's service allows us to be ready to run whenever we need to, rain or shine. For agriculture equipment, ZieglerAg.com. Do you have farm equipment to sell? Steffes Group is conducting a Janesville area farm equipment auction. This is an open multi-consigner event. If you have farm equipment you'd like to consign to this huge event, go to steffesgroup.com right now for more details. Consign your equipment early for maximum exposure. Don't miss out on your chance to be a part of this huge Janesville area farm equipment auction. Consign today. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. 3.4 million people in the United States have epilepsy and more than 400,000 of those are children. 150,000 new cases are diagnosed in the U.S. every year. And of those with epilepsy, one in three cannot find relief through medicine or surgery. Joey's Song brings Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Grammy Award winners, and Top 40 Hitmakers to Madison for a -a one-of-a-kind event each year to help raise the funds needed to help move forward the critical research into finding cures and treatments. Members of those bands and more will join us for the 2023 Benefit Concert on January 7th at the Sylvie. Go to joeysong.org to learn more and for a link to buy your tickets, joeysong.org. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You would never overpay for something if you knew you could get the product for much less elsewhere. Much like you wouldn't pay $6 a gallon for gas if the pump down the street was charging the fair market price of $4, would you? So why pay more than MSRP on your next Chevy truck? Bergstrom Chevrolet is a local, family-owned company that values your dollar as much as you do, so you never pay above manufacturer's suggested retail price. And Bergstrom has the inventory to fill your fleet or fix you up with a truck that's going to pull your toys. So go ahead 
ahead, shop around, and compare that final cost. If the guys down the street are blowing smoke up your tailpipe, jacking up the price on their Chevy trucks, stop by Bergstrom Chevrolet, where you never get charged over MSRP. Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the bright star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the bright star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Rebath started decades ago by two gentlemen who created acrylic forms to cover existing bathtubs. Today, Rebath is a complete bath remodeling company. We replace existing fixtures and totally upgrade your bathroom. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. Well, you always like your strange entertainment prop bets. So uh, I have a question um, from a listener here. It was Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship in Saudi Arabia. What do you think? Uh, Roman Reigns is minus 3,000 or higher. I, I think I have him 3,000. I didn't want to put up minus 5,000 just because it's, it looks weird on the computer and no one's going to look at it. Logan Paul's 9 to 1. There's no way Logan Paul's going to win this match. Uh, it's no secret that probably Roman Reigns will probably lose his belts probably the next WrestleMania, uh, but it's not going to be with uh, Logan Paul. Hey, speaking of the Pauls, Jake Paul, I mean, he won. He beat Anderson Silva. He won. How much money did you have coming in on that? Uh, we had some late silver money coming in late, so that, that kind of helped us out. Going the distance helped us because both uh, both fans, MMA fans, were hoping Silva would KO him, and all the Logan Paul fans thought they were gonna, he was going to get KO. So going the distance uh, was a big money for us. If he doesn't fight Nate Diaz, I, I don't know what it is. Cause that's just a pay-per-view gold. If he fights Nate Diaz, just, uh, the, the preempt fights with the microphones in both hands would sell uh, a billion pay-per-view tickets. So is, that's he actually, even, is he legit at boxing? Is he actually legit at boxing or like what? he trains, he, he trains a lot in boxing that he does. He has, uh, he does a lot of sparring. I'll give him that. Now is he a natural boxer? No, I think if he goes in, with any kind of elite boxer uh, out there, I think he, he'll lose. And he's fighting people not his weight class. Like, Nate Diaz won't be in his weight class. He, that's why I think Paul would crush Nate Diaz. He's taller. He has a longer reach. Uh, this is boxing, not MMA. He, he'll crush Nate Diaz. Now, if he fights, a, a, let's say, a Crawford or someone in his weight class, he gets crushed. It's such a... All so the guys strange. that he fights are guys that, one, don't have a boxing background, two are like basically grandpas or three. Uh, yeah. Like you said, they're not even his same size. I mean, the, the, who watches this crap anymore? 
everybody watches. We had more <laughs> handle on we had more handle on a Jake Paul fight than we did on the whole UFC card that weekend. What? And that was yep. a good, and that was a really good card, wasn't it? Like, wow. All right, so wow. This hey. is why the IQ level in the country and the world is going down. <laughs> it's probably from fluoride uh, water it, too. It, it, it is, but if you kind of look at the Paul following, it's all social media. So I think he's brilliant, him and Jake, when it comes or Logan, when it comes to promoting themselves. I think they're brilliant. No, they're great at it. Yeah, totally. I mean, they're worth oodles of money. Hey, Raf, are you working on any crazy entertainment prop bets? Like anything wacky? You got any Kyrie? Uh, yeah. Are you getting Kyrie Irving stuff? I had a whole bunch yesterday, and then when he got suspended, I had to readjust. So that's, that's what I'll be doing today. Uh, will he be suspend, suspended again throughout the season? Yes or no? I'll put that prop out. Will he be traded or uh, yes or no? Will he be cut? Yes or no? So I'm going to put up a whole bunch of uh, uh, prop bets on, on Kyrie. So it, it should be interesting. I it's funny because pre- the Nets owner is big in Alibaba, which is like all slave labor over there too. It's, it's, there's so many new subtle nuances to this whole story that's just wild to me. Yeah, I feel bad because everything we talk about in the NBA is the Nets. Uh, the Lakers are probably happy. <laughs> the Lakers suck. Yeah, the, the Golden State Warriors are probably happy that all the stories are the Nets. But we should be talking about your team in the backyard. Yeah, dude, the I Bucks. Mean, hello. The Milwaukee Bucks have been playing some outstanding, outstanding basketball. And the Greek Freak is putting up some amazing. And they're not even completely healthy. I know. So, it's, it's it's a shame that we have to listen to this uh, Brooklyn Nets crap. Do you think the Bucks will go to 8-0 and after tonight against the Timberwolves? Uh, yeah, I think the Timberwolves are a great team. I think they just need to gel. Bringing two big guys together, it takes its time. Uh, down in the middle of the season, towards the end of the season, I think it'll be a lot closer game, but I think the Bucks win tonight. Wild, dude. Uh, yeah, the Bucks are just free, free of the deer. Oh, ooh, real quick, speaking of, M- uh, uh, you know, some really good MVPs, are you guys getting any money on Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks quarterback for, like, a Dark Horse MVP? Are you doing any of that? Yeah, uh, some of it, but let's face it, uh, it, it's all about the top three quarterbacks. Uh, Geno Smith could be in there, but, I mean, it's a great war right now, comeback player of the year, Geno Smith or Barkley. Geno Smith or Barkley, that's going to be a great, great, great uh, thing to watch all season long because either one uh, is an amazing season. Either one, I didn't think they were going to be up there. I thought it was going to be like maybe Jameis or Michael Thomas. I thought the Saints would be much better. I thought they would probably win comeback player of the years. But Geno Smith and, and Barkley is uh, something fun to watch. Hey, Raph, before I let you go, um, I got a great follow on Twitter at you can bet that uh, underscore. Tell the fine folks this new uh, little uh, little thing you got cooking here. I know you already have, but yeah. remind them. Yeah, it's everything, uh, everything you see that I say on, uh, on your guys' air about the crazy bet stuff. Now I'll tell you where you can go get it, where you can go bet it. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'm connecting you with our Wisconsin honey producers this morning. They had a great state convention over the weekend in Brookfield. I'll tell you about their new Wisconsin honey queen and about a conflict I didn't think was happening. Wisconsin honey producers having a lot of close calls with bears, and the bears are doing a lot of economic damage to a lot of hives in Wisconsin. James Hillmeyer, a honey pollinator from Bancroft, Wisconsin, will share that story with us. You stick around. I'm P.M. Yankee. So glad you're along with us on a Monday. So today is the seventh day of November. Not a lot of really big items that I can come up with on this day. Uh, Happy birthday to folk song singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell. She is 79 years old today. And on this day back in 1982, Elizabeth Taylor filed for her seventh divorce 
from politician John Warner. Now, just because she filed for a divorce doesn't mean that was the end of her uh, romantic escapades, though, but it happened on this day back in 1982, and now you know. Well, with the change in the weather, you know that a lot of our Wisconsin population starts thinking about deer season. Yep, it's just a couple weeks away. Charity Seebecker joins us this morning with a couple reminders on how you can plan on hunting safely, and that includes your deer stand. With deer season already begun for the bow hunters and gun season coming up the end of the month, it's important to make sure you are prepared and safe. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Zach Haas of Creek Bottom Land Management shares more about the types of hunting stands out there, what to think about when choosing one, and key safety practices to keep in mind this hunting season. When you go down to the very basic, you'd be going to more of a a ladder stand or hang-on stand, more of an open environment-based stand. Kind of going upwards, you kind of then go into more of a soft panel blind, uh, pop-up blind, and then going all the way to the top is when then you get into the permanent structures, the constructed stands, insulated stands, prefabricated stands. So I'd say those are the three different kind of stands that we can utilize. And so then... What do you look for? Does it depend on what type of hunting you're doing for maybe what type of those three stands you're going to be choosing? Or does it depend on maybe what your woods look like and maybe there's better trees than others to use certain stands in? Can you kind of give me a little rundown of what hunters should be thinking about when choosing the proper stand? There's a couple things that go into play. Actually, I should say a lot of things that go into play. Number one is obviously, are you hunting public or private? Can you have something that's permanent or must it be able to be moved? You know, other things would be, what are you using? Are you using a compound bow? Are you using a rifle, muzzleloader? Other things, how many people will be hunting? Are you bringing a, say, a kid with you or um, someone that might be handicapped with you? So you need more of a box stand structure. So there's a lot of things that go into play. Also, you know, what kind of area are you in? Are you hunting a big open farm field? Are you in a closed quarters woods where maybe if first shop's only 20 or 30 yards of a long list of things there's probably honestly 100 different ways to do it but at the end of the day the biggest thing is comfortability and making sure that obviously you can get in the right spot at the right time can you touch on are there any certain trees or qualities that make this tree maybe not specifically that type of tree but that taller tree versus that more short and stubby one or things like that <laughs> that make it the best one to use when you're looking more at trees to put stands on, so now you're talking more of the ladder stands or the hang-on stands, or even the new type of hunting is saddle hunting, where you actually have kind of a uh, peril that you go into and you actually hang from a stand. So when you look at these different trees, is you want something that is obviously straight, <laughs> so you're not hanging off a cliff thinking you're going to fall off the stand. But a couple other things you want to look at, too, is you know how hidden are you up in that tree? Is it branched, a fork tree where you can have some limbs that maybe hide you a little better? Are there things that you can maybe you know hang your gear bag on? on your pack on and riskly when I look at a tree I want to make sure it's wide enough so let's say something with a diameter that's probably 16 20 inches at minimum and then not to getting up a good height so you want to get up riskly at minimum 15 feet personally I like to get up closer to 20 feet and then like I said a larger tree with some branches so I, we when you're up there you're hidden so a deer don't see you moving and things of that nature. So once we have our tree stand, we have all of our equipment, you know, we've got, like you mentioned, either the compound bow or muzzle loader, whatever it is. Can we talk about safety? There's a way to safely put these up and make sure that they are sturdy and ready for you to be out there. And then going back to that hunting spot when you're actually ready, there's a way to safely use them, get in and out of them. Can you talk through the big safety component? Anytime hanging a stand, always have someone with you. Um, You know, we all have people to go home to, and it's important to have someone there with you to help you 
you know, look at the stand and, you know, hang it correctly, maybe hand you things while you're up climbing. So a couple of things that are out there too, just for that first day when you're hanging, let's say a ladder stand. There's actually a tool out there that almost like a boat winch system that you can crank up the stand. So you're not trying to balance back it up and make sure it doesn't kick out. Other things that you can do for like hang on stands or for the saddle hunters is there's actually lineman ropes and harnesses. So you, when you're up there, you're actually physically attached to that tree so you can't be falling. You know, and once that stands up, the next process is so for all, like even all my stands, there's something called a lifeline. So it goes around the tree, ropes around, and that's what you tie into your safety harness. You click in when you're at the bottom of the tree, slide it all the way up till you're in your stand safely. And now if you would fall at any moment going in or out of a tree, which is the most common when it comes to injuries, now you won't fall to the ground. You'll just be hanging there from that safe line, that lifeline rope. So those are the big things going into play. A couple things to avoid safety-wise too is a big thing that you see very popular was the tree step. Over time, tree steps have been kind of the root cause of many injuries, whether they pull out a tree or someone slips and catch one in the in the gut or leg. So going into more of the ladders systems, you know, the nice tree steps. There's a lot of good options out there nowadays. So you're a little safer when you're going in and out of that stand. That was Zach Haas of Creek Bottom Land Management. You can learn more hunting safety tips at dnr.wisconsin.gov. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Holiday season is upon us, and what better way to show off your creativity than taking those boring round rolls and creating fun, innovative shapes. Rhodes Bake and Serve invites you to participate in their Show Me Your Shape Roll Contest. To enter, submit a photo of a new shape for your dinner rolls, and you could take home a prize pack from Rhodes, including tickets to see Reba McIntyre. Entry deadline is November 18th. Full contest details can be found at MidwestFarmReport.com. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has a roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin, then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. So barrel and block cheese were both unchanged on Friday. Double A butter that rallied up ten and a half cents at two seventy seven and a quarter per pound. The December milk right now up eleven at twenty forty six a hundredweight. Everything else is red ink. December corns down three at six seventy eight. January beans down four at fourteen fifty eight. December wheats down eight at eight forty. Dow Jones Industrial Average this morning that's currently up about seventy points in Chicago. Coming up next, you know, sometimes I know what stories I'm going to get when I turn up at conventions, but I got a surprise at the Wisconsin Honey Producers Convention. Bears. Bears are turning in to be a big problem for Wisconsin honey producers from the north to the south and everywhere in between. Bringing you that story next on a Monday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Are you lonely? Tired of looking for the one? The one with industry-leading stock and root strength? 
Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soil mate. Agrigold has the perfect seed for your soil and the service that's perfect for your operation. Plan for next season with our extensive portfolio of unique hybrids and find your soil mate at chooseagrigold.com. When it comes to jewelry appraisals, get to know your Denny's jeweler. There's a number of different reasons a person will do appraisals. We just say, bring in everything. It's so fun because it's like when somebody brings that stuff in and they're all excited, then they start thinking about it and where it came from, which is priceless. I'm Pete Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. You know, when the harvest season is on, we want to keep you up to date on the latest information coming out of our fields. And with this weather, it's been absolutely glorious. Not exactly the way we might have thought it was going to go. Andy Grebner's along with us. He's one of our district sales managers with Wiffles. Let's keep our fingers crossed we keep this good weather going for a little while. Absolutely. And there's a couple more things to add. Definitely keep an eye on on stock quality as we're moving farther into harvest. A lot of these fields I've been into, you know, as they're drying down to that, you know, 18, 16 percent range, stock quality has been deteriorating. So make sure you prioritize harvest. Um, make sure you get those fields out first. I know we have some weather events coming in this weekend, so try to prioritize yeah. those before anything happens. Yeah. Very good point. Andy Grebner along with us, folks. It's a Wiffles Wednesday. He is district sales manager for Wiffles Hybrids. And remember, those folks are ready to talk to you, answer your questions, get you lined up for next year. You can find it all at wiffles.com. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Mostly sunny skies today and 47 tomorrow. Partly sunny and 55. Wednesday, we bounce up to 65 and Thursday, 70 degrees. But a pretty rapid about face on Friday with just partly cloudy skies and 45 degrees. I'm Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us. Don't forget tomorrow, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, will be around and along with us as well. Well, I'm glad I got a chance to hang with our friends from the Wisconsin Honey Producers. Their state convention wrapped up on Saturday in Brookfield with the announcement of their new Honey Queen. Her name, Kaylin Sumner from Pulaski. Kaylin Sumner from Pulaski. K's Bees is her operation. She is our new Wisconsin Honey Queen. One story that surprised me during the convention, our Wisconsin Honey Producers are having a tough time managing bears in their hives. I learned about it from uh, James Hillmeyer. He is a honey pollinator from central Wisconsin around Bancroft, and he took time to explain to me how big a problem bears are for Wisconsin honey producers. When a bear comes in and takes out a hive or, or damages, or basically the hive's unusable anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bees are dead, the honey is gone, um, nature kind of comes in and reclaims that the other bees might come and rob whatever honey might have been mm-hmm. in that hive left. Mm-hmm. So it's an economic loss there, and when we're talking about loss of a hive, you're looking at, uh, you know, it can go from two hundred and fifty dollars up to a thousand plus dollars in one hive depending on what time of the year you're in Mm. if you've got a hive that's stacked up producing honey and it's got a hundred pounds of honey sitting there you know you're losing five to ten dollars a pound of honey production Mm -hmm. right there so um, this last year when we rolled out this bear uh, damage report form we had 11 producers respond to that and we saw about thirty thousand dollars worth of damage just from those 11 reports that we gathered and obviously, since this is a new initiative, you know, the wider 
beekeeping community in Wisconsin um, is probably not aware that we have this reporting form going on. So I'm sure that there was more loss events that happened across the state or loss events where people didn't fill out the form. It takes about five or 10 minutes. And it's right now limited just to, you know, the bee industry and the uh, destruction we're seeing there because we're trying to get a handle on it. You know, obviously bears exist in nature and we're not blaming them, you know, but uh, we want to try to develop something uh, that keeps them out. And we've been seeing more and more conflicts over the years. Bears aren't new to the state. They've been around for a long time, but the damage done to the beekeeping industry is getting to be burdensome. So let's talk a little bit about this mechanism. It's an online platform that allows people anywhere in Wisconsin to uh, report their incident. Who developed it or was it already out there? How long did it take, James, to pull this together just formatically? So this initiative actually kind of spearheaded myself. Uh, basically, it, it came out of the fact that my brother and I run a beekeeping business. Mm -hmm. And uh, the last couple of years, we've seen a tremendous increase of, of bear damages done to our bees. What we do is we put um, honey locations that stay in one spot through the production season that make honey. We put them behind bear fences, uh, electrified yeah. solar fences to keep the bears out. When we're doing pollination, we wrap the hives with some high tensile steel banding. Mm. And that's been a good mm. way of keeping them out. They can't get into yeah. the hives because there's some steel mm. strapping keeping it together. Um, so when we started to see a lot of higher incidences after all that labor and investment, we, we think we spend about 25% of our time on bear management right now compared to 10 years ago, where it was a lot less. So I started to kind of spearhead this initiative because I started talking to other beekeepers and other farmers and realizing this problem was going on across the state and other regions. So uh, this spring we, we sat down and we put an online Excel kind of document together where people can go on the Wisconsin Honey Producers Association's website on the front page and they click on this bear data loss report form. And then from there they just fill out what the bear did, it came in and what it destroyed or perhaps what it damaged. Uh, sometimes the bear comes in, it just knocks over a hive and everything's still great and usable and, and the hive's there. And it takes about five or 10 minutes and then we ask for people to upload a photograph mm -hmm. and then at the end give a detailed summary or some remarks. So. What we saw from these people that filled out the forums is uh, about 80% of them already had bear deterrents in place that were working, but failed to keep the bear out of the, the hives. So we've been developing that pretty rapidly this last season. We're trying to get the word out about this forums, very easy and accessible. And from there, we've kind of grown and started doing our fact finding um, mission. We've uh, requested for the WHPA to weigh in on future bear advisory uh, committees and things like that. So we can tell, you know, the state and federal groups that need to hear, you know, what we need for accommodation to help, you know, this bear bee conflict, you know, reduce it over time. And that's kind of where we're, we're headed with this, I think. Now, we've said that the this is an online tool. Uh, once the word gets out, are you going to be doing the compilation of the information, James? Sounds to me like you're a busy guy, but you definitely have your heart in this project. Yeah, so uh, when I got the, the bear report here, um, I sat down and I just calculated it out. I, I put it in an Excel sheet, so I already have all the figures of what people were lost, and we had already come up with another sheet that detailed what hive components cost and what the replacement value for bees are. Yeah. So I just had to do some simple math. You know, it took a few hours to mm -hmm. just chew through that. But what was more interesting on top of the, 
the facts and figures of the economic loss there was trends. We saw uh, two producers that were in joining counties um, have a lot of bear damage take place, and these were what we call commercial operators. They're full-time beekeepers, and both of these guys had uh, operable fences. One of the incidences, a bear blew through a fence that was protecting cattle and then through a fence that was protecting bees. So it actually went through two fences to get to the bee yard. So we were starting to notice some hot spots. In fact, I think in 2019, the um, abatement officers trapped and relocated like 589 bears somewhere of that in Wisconsin. And north of 350 of those bears were trapped and relocated from just two counties, you know. Huh. And at the time, I didn't think to ask which two counties, but we might be seeing some of this corresponding data, you know, and we want to try to track that. Uh, we were also uh, seeing how uh, how educated beekeepers were on this problem, right? You know, if we're going to have our bees out there, we want to make sure that we're doing our due diligence to, to protect them. And a lot of these beekeepers had already done that. And the problem they were seeing is they were still having some, some damages. So we're, we're trying to make this situation um, come to light, mm -hmm. but we're also trying to develop some, you know, adapt and mm -hmm. develop some more effective means of keeping bears out of the bees, you know. So we talked about how you obviously want to be at the table when state agencies get together and talk about bear, ma bear management. Are you talking to insurance companies? Are there other parties in the industry, James, that should be seeing this data too? Well, we're, it's funny because um, we, we, we really don't have a lot of stand-behind services for, for beekeepers. And many places of the country, you're on your own. There's no yeah. insurance yeah. for bees and things yeah. like that. So we, um, we're kind of trying to get in touch with the state, um, you know, USDA officers right. that do the bear abatement right. practice, the DNR for, yeah. you know, the next season's hunting right. guidelines and things. And we're starting to collaborate with farmers. In fact, one of my local farmers asked if they could see copies of our report because they have, you know, crop damages mm -hmm. that are done and they're starting to see rising conflicts happen there as well. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to cast the net out there and share this, this information, not only with the bee industry, but, um, farmers, yeah. the advisory yeah. committees, also landowners. There's been numerous reports of bears getting into people's houses this year. Uh, you know, that was a hot topic button. And um, it's very charged because, you know, you want to be considerate of the animal, mm. but you also want to be considerate of the wider environment and, and where they're at. And the habitat is expanding and the bear population is expanding. So we're trying to call attention to the, the fact that this is turning into a problem that's affecting more than just our corner of the ag industry. That's a story I did not see coming with James Hillmeyer, a honey pollinator from central Wisconsin around the Bancroft area. Again, like you said, of the 11 surveys that have been filled out so far, over $30,000 in damages documented to our Wisconsin honey producers by bears. If you want to find out more about the survey, participate, or learn more about our Wisconsin honey producers, go to wihoney.com.